0: Football on Off The Ball With Sky Watch Premier League, Women's Super League Scottish Premiership and much more Live on Sky Sports
1: and you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you 3 to 5. This is Football Saturday. Remember, football and Off the Ball brought to you by Sky. Don't miss Man United versus Leicester and Saturday night football live only on Sky Sports. You can text us 53106. Tweet us at Off the Ball. Listen on News Talk. Watch us as well on the digital and social channels we're streaming. For Periscope on Twitter, at Off the Ball, YouTube, Facebook, and on the OTB Sports app. We're delighted to be joined by the former Republic of Ireland striker David Connolly, football correspondent of the Irish Independent Dan McDonnell and the UEFA Pro License coach. Shane Keegan to talk about the beautiful game David, Shane and Dan how are you all doing?
0: A about you JD yourself?
1: Yeah good lads good to see you it's like back to the the days uh, during the pandemic you're all uh, you're all remote today but uh, it's not going to make any difference um, just in terms of what we've seen over the last couple of hours we'll keep you right up to date folks on Burnley Manchester City which is ongoing now three o'clock kickoff, and Liverpool are top a 2-0 win over Watford in the Premier League uh, with goals by Diogo Jota and Fabinho David um Liverpool now 10 wins in a row. Why are they on such a, a great run at the moment, in your view?
2: Yeah, I mean, look, they've been uh, they've been outstanding. Another header for Jota. I think, I don't think anyone's got more than him in the last, certainly last calendar year, which for a little centre-forward. And what a signing he's been. Yeah. You know, absolutely incredible signing. They had a nice break, didn't like they? 12-day break after their last game. Uh, he was able to freshen it up. No no Trent, but still you have Joe, uh, Joe Gomez putting in brilliant balls. I mean, his delivery. I had to check again to make sure it wasn't Trent, you know, getting yeah. those balls in. Because, I mean, it was fantastic. So, you know, um, great win for them. They roll on. And now, as you say, the pressure's on City. You, you would say, look, out of all the teams that probably City and, and Liverpool had to face after the break, to be facing Watford and Burnley you probably would have said that would be ideal right so I think it's gone their way no surprise if City win today and obviously it just makes it really exciting as we lead into that to that game at the Etihad which will be brilliant
1: I'll be live hearing news talking off the ball we can't wait for it in eight days time how did Salah get on today because it's been a tough week for him David
2: yeah, I mean, look, he did, he did okay, as you say. It has been a difficult week for him. I think he's—I think I said this uh, last week when I was on. I think he's played uh, sort of the 14th most minutes in world football, you know. So um, he has had some amount of game time, and, and and you know, Dan will tell you, Shane will tell you, you know, about what that takes out your legs to travelling. The constant playing. Um but no surprise he was in today. No Mane, as we know, but but Salarin, he did he did well. He looked nice and bright and sharp. But what, what they have now, if Salah's not scoring, they've got likes of Giotto in, which has been a, a has really helped this season.
1: Dan, I was reading a GQ article that Salah did a while ago and talking about like how many hours he to travel to um Play as a young lad in Egypt, and it must be difficult from on a human level to go through those two uh, heartbreaking defeats, both in the Africa Cup of Nations final and then again in the World Cup qualifier during the week.
3: Yeah, I just see Man City have scored there. John. Yeah, De Bruyne. Um, yeah, one nil. Yeah, and they de- they actually had a lucky escape just a few seconds uh, prior to that with a Burnley header. But yeah, I mean, and the fact that you go back to the club and you see Sadio Mane, yeah. who who's who's sort of inflicted this on you. In some shape or form, you know, and um, it was such a high profile, you know, the penalty shoot-out. like, you know, he went first, he went last. You know, there was there was a story around all them, the lasers during the week. Um, it, it is like it's I mean, you can only assume that it's really, you know, a hard thing to take. I mean, you'd speak to sort of Irish players in the past who have say, you know, suffered a World Cup playoff defeat or, you know, a high profile defeat and you have to go back to their club you know, a couple of days later and got on with it. And, I mean, I'm sure, you know, people have, you know, people have experienced it, you know, David there, you know, I suppose it affects some people differently to others. And, you know, Salah just seems to get on with it. As you said, like, he was fine today. I mean, the overall Liverpool performance today was just okay, but it was enough. It was a 12.30 kickoff and and there's probably a lot that that can go wrong with those games coming off the back of a sort of a, a, a draining sort of week, you know, and the fact that they got through it unscathed, he won probably as a couple, you know, a day or two more to maybe rest and sort of process everything that happened. But I suppose he wouldn't have got to the top of where he is, you know, to the top of the mountain without having the sort of mental strength to, to brush things off. And I mean, it's it's unusual, I suppose, they have AFCON you know, to have a major tournament in the middle of a season. You know, I think of all you pour into, you know, in Irish history, you think how much sort of major tournaments like, you know, can be commanding and, and focus all your thoughts. And, and, I mean, he responded from that experience absolutely fine, the first one. So you'd assume this one would be similar.
1: Yeah, David, I don't want to kind of drag a ball ground about 0-2 and everything and the disappointment of uh, Spain, but did, did it affect you at all when you came back to play club football that summer?
2: Yeah, look, I, I think um, the, the good thing is is to get back out there and play again, which is exactly what, say, Mo has done. Yeah. Um, it just shows you, you know, penalties. Uh, it, it, you can practice and practice and, you know, it, it's such a hard art, you know. And um, I remember taking one before before the game, the night before when we were practicing, you know. Comes to the game, though, and, and things change. Your technique or the pressure, whatever it may be. So um, it is a tough way to go out. But twice now for Mo, at least this time, he got to take one, <laughs> which he did in, at AFCON.
0: Yeah, when, when you were practicing, when you were practicing, David, did you get anybody to shine lasers into your eyes? No.
2: Yeah, well, yeah. Can you imagine? I mean, um, I just wondered. We haven't heard from him in terms of whether that did have a real effect on him. It never happened to me because I can't recall him being around in those days, you know. Mm-hmm. But whether it would, I mean, you've seen the image of the someone in the stand trying to shine it on him, and I imagine it would put you off. but, but to be honest we just don't know until Mo really says until Salah says it, it did have an impact on him
1: so was it completely different world playing in the Spain game uh, than the, say the night before
2: yeah obviously just, I mean yeah, look you the pressure you, you, you can try and recreate this you know you can um, and and but things happen during the game right I remember you know thinking about the goalkeeper oh, he's dived early maybe I'll change I won't go to the right Maybe I'll try and put it down the middle, and you know, you you sometimes you just lack the clarity of thought. Maybe that you would do, you know, just in training, and it's uh, um, it happens to 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 obviously all sorts of players, um, no matter who you are, you know.
1: Uh, Wolves have taken the lead against Aston Villa in the Premier League. Johnny with the goal, so one 0 to them. And as we were just saying, there, Manchester City one, Burnley nil. Kevin De Bruyne. With the goal at Turf Morris the city on track to go back top of the Premier League? Um, should they give him what he wants in terms of the contract? In your view, David, Mo um, Salah at Liverpool?
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he should. He should out of out of. Uh, he's he's not a player, Mo Salah. That you know, you give him a big contract, and suddenly his form will dip, or yeah. um, you know, he he'll, he'll rest on his laurels. I mean, he's dedicated to his craft. You see that every time he takes his top off and he scores. You know, the body is. It's like his home from granite, you know. What a player. What a player. So to be honest, I know we're talking telephone numbers here, but out of all the players, I, I think he I think he should be commanding the very top money. I do.
1: Yeah, Shane, it's not really the kind of thing you'd expect from Liverpool to be playing any games. I'm not saying that they are, but it's dragging on a bit too long and look, maybe that's just part of the whole negotiation process. But um, I don't see him as David says, being an Obama Yang or an Ozel.
0: No, 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 I don't. I suppose look, they've got probably got two issues, John. Um, really, so they have one is the knock on effects that it has for the rest of the squad. Uh look, Mo Salah is is probably the most, you know, based over in the last Twelve months is there or thereabouts the most informed attacker in in world football, and therefore, in one sense, there is no dispute that he deserves to be rewarded for that. The problem is um, Virgil van Dijk has probably been the most informed defender in world football over that same period of time, um, and he you can be sure he is immediately going to look for a follow on contract in similar in similarish kind of standards to uh, to Mo Salah as soon as they break the the pay structure to to give Salah that that contract, and they will, John, they will break the pay structure to give Salah that contract they have to um and the other problem is they know that they're probably paying for a player who's at the peak of his powers now even though and and david is 100% correct he i mean he's not he's not going to drop off in the next i would say 12 to 18 months but there's maybe a little bit more of a question mark around you know Two thousand fourteen, possibly even two thousand and fifteen, depending on the length of contract Salah is pushing for. But again, what what choice do they have? Like there there's no there's no other way around this. They they they've got to eventually bow and, and, and give him what he wants. Look, he will probably maybe lower those demands a small bit. I don't think he'll quite meet them in the middle. Um I think they'll have to come more in his direction than he will in theirs, but they will they will find a way to get it done because they have to.
2: You know, the interesting thing on that as well, Shane, is that I guess where else could he go to command the same money? But but also, Liverpool coped without him at AFCON, you know. So, um, but that still doesn't diminish his importance and what he should be getting. And uh, um, I think he is right. I think it's him that is taking his time on this, not the club.
1: Dan, do you see it as just a negotiation situation that's just been played out? Ah, of yeah,
3: I think so. Yeah. And I, I sort of agree with David. It's not as if there's another. A significant player in the game. I think there was obviously a little bit of uh, wasn't there stuff involved in Salah's agent more so last season, and there seemed to be a bit of sort of game playing going on, a few cryptic comments. But uh, you know, it feels like these sagas where a player leaves. There's generally another club that they're sort of agitating towards going to that they want to join. There doesn't seem to be that 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 third party really here that you know that that's sort of pushing it strongly or that. Salah would really be interested in. So, I don't know. I've always felt with this one, we're, we're just going to wake up to an announcement someday, you know, and they'll, they'll 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 do some kind of common ground. They'll be reached as much as Liverpool are good in their succession plans, and as um, as sort of David says, you know, they did fine in Afcon, and Diaz has come in, and they've they've you know they 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 have a degree of depth there, but. I mean, I don't think there's a concern that he's suddenly going to drop off a cliff, as the lads were suggesting. So it will get done, yeah. Dan, you
1: go to football around the world. Have you seen this laser thing as, as pronounced as it was your night at matches?
3: I was trying to think, what was the, was there a really high-profile one last year? And I was actually racking my brains beforehand. Like, it's actually happened at a couple of... Um, I think it's happened at a couple of League of Ireland games too, Shane. Was there a case at some match I was trying to think of? Uh, there was a there was a laser being shined on someone taking a penalty again or something like that. I just can't think which game it was, but um, yeah, I'm pretty sure you're right.
0: I can't think of it. Was a balls? For some reason, I seem to have a picture of a Bose player taking it. Yeah, head, but there definitely was a case
3: then, Yeah, yeah, there was one. I just can't place it now. Someone will text in and remind us. But yeah, um, yeah, it it is it's like it's it's sort of it's 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 out there without sort of you know, just speaking in sort of generalities about it, you know, like you you want it to be stamped out. I assume it's reasonably difficult to sort of uh, you know, security wise to stop people from coming in, you know, like I I don't know how big the sort of lasers have to be and, and I don't know to what degree everyone is searched for for everything on their person. I, I just don't, I just can't see that happening. So um does it come up in detec- detectors or whatever? How many grounds have that? So um Yeah it's you'd imagine
0: it. They are. They are going to have to come up with some kind of policy around it, or something, because obviously we're heading yeah. into a, a World Cup this year, where you're you're inevitably in major tournaments like that. You see a lot of penalty shootouts, and the stakes are even higher again. So they're, we're going to have to come up with something, John. I don't, as you say, I don't know how exactly what? to get around solving it, but we're Bla- going to have to, blan- because you, you don't want that deciding big World Cup games.
1: What blanking out the sun on Qatar? Um.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, they'll probably they'll probably have that in their locker anyway.
3: Yeah. Um, but the, the, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Like I mean, and as we know, like the more you talk about it, the more it becomes uh, glamorized to do it. You know what I mean? And 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 someone else will have a go.
2: So, uh, do, do you not think on that though that that Mo's changed his run up a little bit because he used to have more of a bend curved run, but when he was addressing the ball, he was very static. And and I would have thought if the lasers were putting you off, uh, you, you can move around, right? You can move around your position, about mm. where you do ultimately approach and strike the ball from, you can face the other way. There's, yeah, there's, different, can... yeah, yeah, there's different methods, I guess, you will come up with to to try and overcome if, you know. And, and I just wonder, we talk about all this, did it really have an impact on, on on Salah taking this penalty kick? We just don't know until he says, really. That's the only thing.
3: Yeah, yeah I think that's a fair point. I, I actually think some of the previous instances I'm thinking of, the light was on the goalkeeper, As opposed Mm. to, um, like, I understand how that could be very distracting for the goalkeeper in that scenario because they're probably sort of quite focused. And then if something, it's more probably, I mean, it is just an elaborate distraction technique, but but obviously there's been lasers used on people who've scored as well. So it's not like a guaranteed miss if it happens. It's about knocking someone out of their thought process, maybe. That's what it is, but.
1: Yeah, 5 3 one, 6 for Tex. Uh, Salah's a great player, and I think he owes a lot of that to Klopp. Salah must remember where he was prior to joining Liverpool, says Patrick. And also, anybody else think that Salah's form has dropped since the AFCON? His touch is off, especially the first touch. His general play is not his usual high standard, says me, Hall, and Kerry.
0: Yeah, well, look, I mean, David has, has outlined the minutes. I mean, it is astronomical minutes that that, that he's playing, um, John. And, and there would have to be a little bit of a question mark there um, as to whether he can continue to man- maintain those those high standards when he is playing that much. I mean, you look obviously at, now to be fair to Liverpool, Liverpool were without two or three big players today and, and they did show a bit of strength and depth. But at the same time, there's no way you could compare their strength and depth to City. Um, and, you know, City are now heading in. I know, that obviously, we're going to have a chat around that and, and the gap, it's brilliant that the gap has closed down but you would have to still favour City one because of the, the points lead that they have but two like the, the freshness has to be there with City like they've been chopping and changing all year there's no player that you could point at at City and say oh I'm, I'm a little bit worried about the amount of minutes he has in him and whether he can keep this going right to the final day of the Premier League um, where that does apply to Salah and maybe even one or two more in that Liverpool
2: I would say as well on that um, Shane I, I think Salah's got the um, capabilities as he gets older, like Cristiano Ronaldo, to play as that central striker, you know, yeah. and, I, and I think that is a role he could easily play. You mentioned 12, 18 months, two years, three years. Look at how Cristiano evolved his game and, and became the central striker. And for me, Mo, Mo Salah could easily do that.
1: Can you still do it with the press, David? Can Liverpool press as much as they had been with that change?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, of course. I mean, look, he's more mobile than, than Bobby Firmino. Um, I know Diaz has come in with, with Jota. But my point being that if you look at how Ronaldo adapted his game, maybe less mobile, but still effective down through the middle with goal scoring. Uh, and and I, I think I think Mo Salah could do that as he goes on. But he, he Klopp's been very rigid with how he plays Mane and, and Mo Salah. And, um, you know, I think I think Mo Salah has got that capability for sure, playing down through the middle.
1: What what else did we pick up from the Liverpool game? Anything else that we observed? Anybody wants to take that?
0: I'll I'll have I'll have to leave that. I've I've been at the coal face all morning, John. Under eights earlier on, and I'm I'm literally just off the sideline at an under seventeen League of Ireland game here, so I didn't see any of it. I'll be honest.
1: Okay, okay, David, did you pick up anything else from it?
2: no nothing not too much apart from as, as i was saying i think if you're if you're both liverpool and man city off the back of this this nice break that that you've had i know a lot of players have been playing but i think the fixtures have been kind that that's the that's the game you want and city normally always win when they return from internationals and for liverpool i think if you look at that starting 11 it was a comfortable 2-0 considering that you know the changes that they made so they be. More than content with that.
1: Yeah, did Alexander-Arnold, uh, Mane and Fabinho, who came on and scored. Fabinho, they were all on yeah. the bench, uh, as was yeah. uh, Luis Diaz. Um, do you still give the edge to City in the title race? They're 1-0 up at the moment away to Burnley, David.
2: Yeah, well, I was just looking at the games they got. I mean, Brighton, Leeds, Watford, Newcastle, West Ham, Villa. I mean, you'd say that they're, they're, they're winnable. You know, I think Liverpool have done great to make it as tight as, as they have. Um, the drop points from from the Tottenham game and the Palace game for for Man City have hurt them, but it's all in their hands, right? Even the Liverpool games at home. So I, I think uh, I think it's theirs to lose. But I think Liverpool have made it are going to make it really really close. But it is theirs to lose.
1: Uh, Liverpool 2 Watford 0 a full time Brighton 0 Norwich 0 is the latest Burnley 0 Manchester City 1 De Bruyne out with the goal for City Chelsea 0 Brentford 0 Leeds 0 Southampton 0 Wolves 1 Aston Villa 0 Manchester United and Leicester kick off at half 5 Blackpool 1 Nottingham Forest 4 is a result from the Championship Barnsley 1 Reading 0 Bournemouth 0 Bristol City 1 Cardiff 0 Swansea City 1 Coventry 1 Blackburn Rovers 0 Derby 0 Preston 0 Luton 0 Millwall 0 It is also in the championship. Peterborough nil, Middlesbrough nil, QPR nil, Fulham one, and Stoke nil. Sheffield United nil in the Scottish Premiership. Bermondsey Bermondsey Rangers and Celtic tomorrow. Dundee nil, Aberdeen nil, Hibernian nil, Dundee United one. It is Motherwell one, Saint Mirren one, Ross County nil, Hearts nil, and St Johnston one, Livingston nil. United against Leicester at half five. David Harry Maguire getting booed the other night. Is this going to affect his confidence, or is it just a case now that players have a thick skin in twenty twenty two with all the vast riches they
2: earn? Yeah, well, I mean, look, um, I, I, look, he uh, he's he's been used to this. I, I understand that um, it might be a minority, but nonetheless, look, you're you're human, you hear it. Um, but I, I don't think the money is nec- this hasn't really got anything to do with it. But but obviously, his pride will be hurt in terms of you know being. England captain, Man United captain, and, and and obviously being being booed. A lot of that will come from some of his performances for, for United, you would say. I, I thought against Atletico, I thought he was pulled all over the place. Um, and he has had a lot of criticism, and they are miles off. I mean, have you seen the goals against? If you, if you look at what City are conceding at the minute, it's something like 0.6 goals a game. That's what they have to get to. They've conceded double double liverpool more than double chelsea more than double man city so you can score all the goals you want you know they they they've just been far too open this season far too open and he has been at fault for that he's been dribbled past more than anyone i think it's 11 times i read a stat 11 times more than any other defender in a top 6 team so you know i think by 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 the standards that it, you know united are looking at um I think he's you, you. You know, you 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 take the the praise and you take the criticism. It, it comes in equal measure, I think. Is his place
1: under pressure now?
2: I no, I don't think it will be for United. No, not to the end of the season. Nothing's going to change now. No, you know, um, will anything change next season? I, I'm not too sure. But look, I think Leicester were they like Leicester have bought well and sold very well. I think when they got when they were you know 80 million was an awful lot of money, and I think. I think they did well out of that deal, Leicester.
1: Even though they're struggling a bit this season, maybe injuries have had something to do with
2: that. Yeah, but I mean, look, eighty million for for, for cost of Pittance from Hull. Yeah. Um, that you know they've had a lot of injuries at the back anyway, but but nonetheless, look, they signed Johnny Evans for three and a half. Yeah. And Johnny, Johnny let me do. I'd have Johnny over. Most centre halves for the last couple of seasons, but you know I think 80 million was was good business from Leicester, and he's he's going to get criticism, Harry Maguire. But you know that's I think that's that's par for the course when you're operating at the highest level.
3: Strange I scenes, think that's one Dan. I was going to say I think the, the the discrepancy in those transfer fees. It's like the English international tax, though, isn't it? Like if you're an England international, but yeah. generally yeah. a a premium. I see, De- and I think Declan Rice is an excellent player. You know, we has his Irish history, but you see David Moyes talking about 150 million today, you know, for Declan Rice being sort of a potential price he'd need to go for. And I mean, as I said, I think Rice is very good. I can see why he'd be targeted by a lot of the top clubs, but uh, there's something about the status of the England player that's definitely worth the sort of a little bit of a little bit of a bump on top, I think, you know. I, I just find the Maguire thing a bit odd. Like, I, I mean I I understand why he's come in for criticism. I understand, I mean, David's laid it out, like his form hasn't been good. Yeah, I, I get that, but we were always told that like the England fan base is sort of a uh, it's a sort of a broad church, but they aren't necessarily always like the fans of the top Premier League clubs, if you know what I mean. It's not some kind of like Manchester United yeah. thing. And it does seem like maybe it's just a Maguire form thing, but I don't know, like, he's been quite good for England, really, hasn't he? You know, in, in recent it. years. That, I, you exactly.
0: know, like that's, that's the thing. That's the bit I couldn't, I couldn't understand that because I, I can perfectly understand, actually, him getting booed by United fans because the form hasn't been good enough and I can understand how he'd attract a bit of flack there, but... Like I, I just can't understand. So so who's booing them? so are United fans booing them at the England match? Are are fans of other clubs at the England match no, also booing them? I think I Dan mean, is he's right. Played, he's yeah. he's uh, played reasonably well for England, John. He's, it's, he's it's, played probably better than reasonably well.
1: Most England fans are, are not fans, I think, of bigger clubs. Mm. So I was at the World Cup and you like all oh, is Chesterfield or it's Doncaster or it's York. It's it's that's their identity. The, the these followers of these clubs who are not top clubs, their big identity is being England supporters, as Manchester City score a second goal, by the way. Two nil up now away to Burnley in the Premier League we know that the table is going to be the same as it was yeah. this morning
3: yeah Gundogan with the goal John um but I, I mean I sometimes wonder is it just I mean like England have, have nothing else to be at? like it's you know what I mean like well, Brexit's kind of wonder, done it's now sort of Brexit's a, done so but it's sort of a bit of a theatrical distraction like you know they've qualified you know they're, they're qualified they're going to the World Cup things are reasonably good you know like they're actually contenders to to, to go reasonably well in the competition and you know they're controversy free. So this is something that can people just hone in on. Yeah, Maguire's been per it's just all a bit of a laugh and a bit of an amusement for some people. I mean, it might just be that, as opposed to sort of like serious hatred or something. It's just sort of like pantomime stuff or something, you know? But I mean it's 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 obviously I mean, it's it's become a story and the reaction from his teammates is strong that who knows, it might have that sort of weird galvanizing effect now that but England fans who weren't expecting it might sort of rally behind them more so in the next game. Because he's probably still going to be playing come December, really, isn't he, in November? And,
0: and, um, and to be fair, I thought Southgate handled it reasonably well in fairness to him as well. Like, he, he, you know, I thought he put it very well. There was no kind of... You know, there was no grey area here. He was he was 100% getting behind his players, and if if certain fans didn't uh, getting behind his pair of, and if certain fans didn't didn't like hearing what he was saying, well, he didn't really care. I thought I thought he handled it reasonably well for a fellow that we like to give a bit of stick to, too, I suppose. Uh, who
1: who is the best placed person to take over there in the summer, in your view, uh, David? Is it
2: Ten Hag at United? Well, um, I guess it, it it looks that way. You know, I, I always was of the opinion that. Um, that pochettino would be the one you know i can only say that because i know i played with players that have worked under pochettino and they think he is you know an exceptional coach and i know maybe it hasn't gone that way at psg for him but if it was me, I'd be still be going for Pochettino just because he's lost his luster a little bit this season. Things haven't worked out. I think it's a difficult job, PSG, but I, I think United would be better. I don't know that much about Ten Hag uh, apart from, you know, like he, he's 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 played loads of different ways. Obviously, we know the success he had. He started at Utrecht and he did very well playing a, a four-diamond two. Then he, he changed the Ajax, you know, four-two-three-one and he did really well the Champions League and, He's won back-to-back. He would have won a treble, probably, apart from COVID, cutting the season short. Um, you know, so his pedigree has been outstanding in Holland, as we know. It's a different thing to manage a club like uh, like United. But, you know, um, he's certainly one of the up-and-coming coaches. Uh, I don't think it was helped this week, Van Gaal, saying, you know, about United being a commercial club. It's almost like he was warning warning him away from United, which was odd. Um you know, maybe a bit a bit of bitterness there from Van Gaal. But I think Ten Hag looks like one of the top coaches. You know, if you look at what Conte's done at Tottenham, you know, you want someone to come in and have that that impact at the football club. I think I think Brian um, Graham Potter at Brighton is a brilliant young coach. You know, there are coaches out there that might suit United. I'm not saying to go for Graham Potter, but but basically if it was me, I'd still be going for Pochettino, to be honest. Shane, do you agree with that?
0: 100% yeah I, I literally am just going to be an echo chamber there for, for David really because look obviously being a Spurs fan like yourself John well, like the job he did at, at Spurs was, was just incredible it was absolutely incredible and, and again sometimes obviously players will say good things about their current manager because you have to because you're trying to keep them happy and you want to stay in the starting 11 you're hardly going to slate your current manager but like Spurs Spurs players seem to go absolutely out of their way to rave about him they continue to rave about him after after he left um, no, look I think I think he's and look again I'm kind of I can't speak overly knowledgeable about Ten Hag all I can say is about Pochettino I, even the book like the autobiography was, was, was top top class and gave a real insight into the sort of person that he is um, and I I I hope they don't go for him because I don't particularly want Manchester United to be overly successful as a Spurs fan. But uh, is he? I, I, I think he would be the best candidate for them.
1: OK, 5-3-1-6, Man United fans, who would you like to see take over once uh, Ralph Rangnick departs in the summer? Leeds have scored. Leeds once at Hampton nil. Jack Harrison on the mark. Leeds look like they're going to be safe. What a turnaround under Jesse Marsh, whether it's Marsh's uh, doing, but uh, Leeds... One nil up against Southampton. A couple of late wins in the uh, weeks preceding. Wolves won Aston Villa nil. Brentford and Chelsea is goalless. Burnley nil. Manchester City two. Uh, De Bruyne and Gundogan going to put City back on top of the table. Brighton nil. Norwich nil. And Liverpool two. Watford nil. A full time from earlier on. We're going to speak about the World Cup draw after the break. in football Saturday. David Connolly joined by Dan McDonnell and Shane Keegan. We're back after this. Have you subscribed to the OTB Football Podcast?
2: Yeah, the atmosphere was brilliant, wasn't it? It was was great when Thierry on me made an appearance on the big screen and it got the reaction, didn't it, that it needed. Subscribe now to the OTB
1: Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app.
0: Football on Off The Ball. With Sky. Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, Scottish Premiership and much more live on Sky Sports
1: you're welcome back to Off The Ball Saturday here on News Talk, John Duggan with you three to five. Remember, football on Off The Ball brought to you by Sky. Don't miss Spurs versus Newcastle on Super Sunday Live only on Sky Sports. You can text us 53106. Tweet us at Off The Ball. Listen on News Talk. Also watch us on the digital and social channels for Periscope and Twitter at Off The Ball, YouTube, Facebook and on the OTB Sports app. Delighted to be joined on the line by the former Republic of Ireland striker David Connolly, the football correspondent of the Irish Independent Dan McDonnell and the UEFA Pro License coach Shane Keegan. In the Premier League, Liverpool beat Watford 2-0 earlier at the moment Burnley 0 Manchester City 2 with goals from De Bruyne and Gundogan's, the City set to go back top Brighton 0 Norwich 0 Later scores Wolves have just gone 2-0 up this is always subject to VAR I always say but the first one came through Johnny and the second one is an Ashley Young own goal so up and down for Villa this season under Gerrard Wolves 2 Aston Villa a latest score Leeds 1 Southampton 0 Jack Harrison on the mark at Elland Road what a crucial goal for Leeds Chelsea 0 Brentford 0 Brighton 0 Norwich nil in the Championship earlier on. Blackpool one, Nottingham Forest four was a result. At the moment, it's Barnsley one, Reading nil, Bournemouth nil, Bristol City one, Cardiff nil, Swansea one. Coventry 1, Blackburn 0, it is Derby nil, Preston nil. Luton 1, Millwall 1, it is Peterborough nil, Middlesbrough 1, QPR nil, Fulham 1, Stoke 0, Sheffield United nil. In Scotland, it is Dundee 0, Aberdeen nil. Hibernia nil, Dundee United 1, Motherwell 2, St. Mirren 1, Ross County 1, Hearts 0, and St. Johnston 1, Livingston 0. Elsewhere, Shelburne 0, Sligo Rovers 0 in the Women's National League into the second half, France lead Ireland 26-0. ...in the TikTok Women's Six Nations... ...earlier on in the United Rugby Championship... ...it ended Connacht 21... Benetton 17 in Italy... ...and the Bulls beat Ulster in South Africa... ...by 34 points to 16... ...Munster and Leinster... ...kicks off at 7 o'clock... ...at Thoman Park in Racing... ...the 2000 Guineas trial... ...Dr Zempf the 11 to 10 favourite wins that for trainer Jar Lyons and jockey Colin Keane. The 1000 Guineas trial, Homeless Songs at 6-1, the winner for trainer Dermot Weld and jockey Chris Hayes, the Scottish Grand National just underway. We'll get the result of that for you as well. And Cavanly Tipperary won 7-9 points in the Allianz National Football League. Division 4 decider at Croke Park. Just before we move off Man United, David Connolly, Bruno Fernandes, a new deal. Maybe this will cement uh, a degree of... Um, resurgence in his form because he started so well there, but maybe since Ronaldo joined, it hasn't seemed to be as sparkly.
2: Yeah, that's a fair point. I mean, we were just talking about Mo Salah's contract, weren't we? Um, I think you cannot argue with his numbers. I, I think his goals, um, his goal involvements, etc. You you can't argue. I think they've been sensational. I think if you'd have said to any United fan when he- Fernandes was coming in, he would have that sort of impact. Um In terms of end product, uh, and I know maybe his form has dipped away and at times, how do you fit him in? Do you play him as an eight? Do you play him as a ten? A lot of it depends how United play, you know. uh, They've only been playing with one holder at at the minute, which means he's an eight or a ten as opposed to, you know, just giving him that coveted number ten role, licensed to roam in behind the front. So I think it's been a balance for, for Fernandes, trying to find the best, the best position for him and how to get the most out of him.
1: What's the key position for United to sort out this summer? Is it the Declan Rice style position?
2: Yeah, I mean, look, I don't know what Shane and Dan think, but uh, I would have thought certainly because, look, if they brought in a Declan Rice or somebody like that, then I think they can just play with one holding midfield player. That is all I think United, look at Liverpool, look at City, that, you know, for too long United had been playing with two holding midfield players and I, I just don't think it suits them.
1: We had a World Cup draw yesterday. I'm just going to go through it here. Uh, Group A, Qatar, Ecuador, Senegal and the Netherlands. Group B, England, Iran, USA and then one of Wales, Scotland or Ukraine. Group C, Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Mexico and Poland. Group D, France, the UAE, Australia or Peru, Denmark and Tunisia. Group E, Spain, Costa Rica or New Zealand, Germany and Japan, Group F, Belgium, Canada, Morocco and Croatia. Group G, Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland and Cameroon. And Group H, Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay and South Korea. Dan, anything you took your eye out of that?
3: Um, yeah, there's, there's obviously two sides to this whole thing. I mean, I think to go straight into the football, obviously you have to reference the sort of uh, the, the uneasy vibe around the whole tournament and it hasn't been allayed, I think, by some of the commentary and coverage around it. I think um, it's it's raised some pertinent points. It does appear like uh, there's been a sort of a bullishness even about some of the organisers this week. Um, you know, and obviously had the, the head of the Norwegian FA sort of calling them out on stage and, and almost being shot down even by delegates from, from other countries. So this this World Cup has always had a queasiness around it. Um, in terms of the draw itself, I mean, it's 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 reasonably well balanced i suppose you know it's it's uh, i think maybe the one of the better groups might be that the, the group with brazil serbia switzerland cameroon group g i think it is i think that's probably um might be up there in terms of the levels we you know in ireland we've an awareness how good serbia are and, and switzerland in the euro shown they can be a proper opponent and and you know you obviously have sort of brazil and, and cameroon are, are reasonably strong at the moment, so, um, although they, they got through absolutely impossible drama during the week, the, the sort of the African Nations qualifiers, uh, I don't know if people saw it, but Algeria scored in the 118th minute and Cameroon uh, scored in the 124th, it was, it was incredible. Um, so so that is a strong group, you're, you're, you're probably drawn to, as we are in this neck of the woods, you know, you're drawn to England's possibilities and um, as much as their group isn't maybe especially strong and there is the prospect of being in there with Scotland or Wales, um, which will be pretty interesting. Obviously, the Ukraine situation has to be resolved. Um, but England do have a situation whereby if they win their group and France win their group and their round of 16 ties, they meet in the quarterfinals. So um, I still think France are probably potentially standard setters as much as they uh, check themselves out of um, the, you know the Euros probably before their time. So that, that there, there, the, the, there's a lot of angles too. it. there's obviously football interest, which of course will take over at a certain point. But it's obviously all laced with a degree of what the hell is it doing here?
1: Yeah, from reading a lot of things, how ridiculously small this place is. I suppose is only coming to my mind now.
3: It's the size of Yorkshire, I think, isn't it? That that's the expression people sort of use, and um I mean that's just of, you know there's, it's. I, it's it's stating the obvious, but it's still important to keep making the point because if you don't, it sort of normalizes it a bit in the sense that um, you know, the, the, the the cost, the human cost of bringing it there. Um, and and I mean, you know, you're always conscious of a degree of hypocrisy um, in terms of discussing this and, and how you can cover World Cups. I mean, I've been to the last three. I've been to South Africa, to Brazil, to Russia, um, all of them would have had different maybe concerns or or complaints arising around them. I mean, you have to, I think you've spoken out with this before, John, like you almost have to reflect on your time in Russia. You know, I really enjoyed it. And yet you see the state that, you know, that, that sort of, you know, that it was under the umbrella of that state. And again, Putin has used sport to his advantage. So that's obviously very much tainted now. Um, but but the one thing maybe in some bizarre way, if you wanted to console yourself in Russia, was that like Russia does have a you know a football history. Like you'd go to parts of Russia where there would be cities like you know so you know Samara and Kazan where like Rubin Kazan play and you know big football clubs and uh, you know a football tradition in Russia that goes all the way back to sort of World Cups and major tournaments back in you know in the 60s and. Lev Yashin and sort of the, the history of the game and you can sort of you can rationalise that to some degree um, but with Qatar there's not even any of that, it's not as if there's some football community that's been served there and it's, this is their moment this is just purely um, as, as has been pointed out quite cleverly today, I mean Qatar maybe is emboldened at the moment, I think it might be the Barney Roney piece that pointed out but maybe they're a little bit emboldened at the moment because of the the, the broader global climate and all of a sudden Qatar is quite important from a gas perspective with some other things that are going on and as a result some of the bigger states probably aren't going to play, uh, get get heavy in terms of applying pressure on them and as a result they can double down a bit and that's not healthy
1: It's like hosting the World Cup in Dublin with uh, eight stadiums
3: it's just it's a strange, going to be
1: a strange November Well, yeah, if,
3: if we were also a heavily, you know, a lot of people had died building those stadiums. Yeah, it's, it's... it's there's a, you know, there's a geographical... Yeah, yeah I, I understand the geographical thing. It's a bit hard to get your head around, but, I mean, that's, I mean, I don't know. But maybe, may, may, I don't know, is there any good... I suppose, you, you know, you could probably have a World Cup in Monaco or something, you know? I'm sure at some stage in, in the past, someone probably looked at that, you know? But this is just another level.
1: Yeah, you know, people dying, migrant workers dying and fair play to that Norwegian um, Lisa Clavinus of asking those uh, awkward questions the other day at the Congress and embarrassing Infantino which uh, is never a bad thing. Um, in terms of the football Shane, Canada qualifying is interesting but no real group of death out of this. Um, I suppose England got a nice ride and they're probably through to the last eight if if, if they're going to show the form they've been showing.
0: Ah yeah, look John, I mean the seedings kind of, uh, obviously the guaranteed at your you're pretty safe in terms of the bigger nations coming through. I mean, realistically, in any World Cup for, you know, in recent memory, you you tend to head into that World Cup with with, with 10 teams who have a realistic chance of winning it. I think we're all able to list off those 10 teams pretty easily. You've only got nine this time round because Italy haven't got that far. But if you take the traditional Big Ten... Um, which is, is now down to nine. Well, then obviously that means they're going to be spread out between the eight groups. So you're only you're only ever going to end up with two of those big hitters in one group, which is the case with with Spain and uh, Spain and Germany in Group E. So it is. I would I, I'd I'd love to see either Scotland or even preferably Wales, um, yeah, qualify in England's group. I think that would make things interesting. Uh, uh Garrett Bale running at, at at the English defense would be something we'd all like to see at the moment he's he's just been phenomenal for for the country i suppose so he has um outside of that yeah look it would be a big surprise if if any of those teams kind of had a major hiccup and and kind of didn't manage to come out of the group it starts to get very interesting from there what i like what i enjoy about world cups john is because i you know i I'd, I'd have no problem holding my hand up and saying that you know, outside of the League of Ireland, my my football knowledge is extremely Premier League based, um, and maybe yeah, a bit bit broader, maybe based on on some of the players who stand out with Champions Leagues. So it, it's seen the players that are are kind of new to me. It's 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 you know seen styles of play um, in nations that are new to me. You know, you think back as opposed to, to the, the the crazy formation. Well, we've seen a good bit of it with Leeds this year, but when Bielsa arrived with that Chile team. I mean, as me who's somebody who's interested in coaching and interested in tactics and that kind of thing, um, it's so, so hard to see something new. It really is. You know, you, you get something new very, very, very rarely. And that was well and truly something new to me anyway. It was something that I hadn't seen before. And you'll you'll probably find that one or, or, or two nations will rock up their World Cup with something like that um, again this time round. Something that's, you know, we haven't seen before or something that maybe went out of vogue 20 years ago um and that's that's the bit i enjoy is 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 seeing what newness comes from 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 a world cup and seeing what the the lesser nations maybe can bring to it and who the who the star is you think of you know you think of james rodriguez for colombia i suppose and the last time round not that he was unknown far from it but he was you know he wasn't a big hitter i suppose in our eyes heading into the world cup who uh, who is the player at the end of the world cup who barely registers with us at the moment who uh who Real Madrid or PSG are going to pay 100 million for at the end of the World Cup based on on how they did over the course of a month, you know.
2: I, know. I think well one yeah. one thing I'd like to t- the thing that that I picked out of the draw is and Shane will will, will and Dan as well. I covered the Euros when Christian Eriksen collapsed. I was actually working on that game, and it was the most traumatic experience trying to talk live, looking at somebody who you thought was going to die, and to now be back playing football back being brilliant at brentford back in the international scene he's going to be now performing at a world cup i mean it's just it's just uh, like like everyone else who was watching it or listening to it or when when we saw those scenes of christian collapse to see denmark now in the world cup and and, and him back playing you know is just uh that's what i'll be looking forward to you know
3: that, that I mean, it is sort of the Ericsson thing is like a fairy tale, really, isn't it? In the sense of his his international comeback, and you watch the scenes during the week when they play Serbia, and and you know they score. And the thing about it is, I mean, it was so far off the 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 the, the, the mind at the time. Although maybe it had a galvanizing impact in some way, and and you can only talk about it now because everything's fine and he's okay. But Denmark were actually a decent side in that tournament, you know, and they were yeah. missing they were missing. Their influential figure, their their best player, and they're actually decent. Like you know, if you're talking about sort of sides that could slip under the radar, you know, as the time comes around, they're better. They're better be than there. they were when we played them, aren't they? Oh, considerably so. Yeah. No, they 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 went. They actually replaced um, Aga Harida, and they they weren't happy with the way they were playing, so they went for as in the Casper Hjalmund. It is, um, and I mean, they just probably ran out a bit of steam at the end. Of the the Euros against England, and they'd been through the through everything, and I think they'd also been to Baku and back, hadn't they? Um, between you know in, in the latter rounds, because there was a massive travel advantage for certain teams in that competition, the way it worked out. So, um, they're they're not bad, <laughs> you know. they they're definitely one of the teams that might just go a little bit under the radar.
1: 53106, oh, uh, guys, was uh, watching BBC this morning. They were saying they might have a tough quarterfinal match. And there's an expletive then from John and <laughs> Kildare. Have uh, they gone mad already,
2: uh, David Connolly, over there? I mean, um, to be honest, some of the headlines in the papers have been interesting because, obviously, Iran, you know, uh, the USA... Um, you, you will get those that might be looking ahead as possibles. But I think that's one of the fun things when you have tournament football, right? Looking at who you may or may not face um, slightly. Uh, you, you look at the last time, I think, you know, with, with the USA, it, it wasn't a foregone conclusion. Pulisic and people like that, you know, the, 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 the USA is one of the most interesting leads. I think, MLS. Um, is it, it getting really better, is. David? Is it getting better? Yeah, it's, it, it's getting better. Um, the investment in the league um, they're now signing and producing really really good players you know very talented players that have been picked off and signed by a lot of top clubs um, you know, obviously the, the likes of Pulisic is one of them, but there's, there's numerous others. So it, it, it's it's really interesting. And and I think that's going to be a fascinating game. It'd be a very tough game, I think, I think for England. But I guess they're looking at maybe possibly meeting the likes of France or something was said. I don't know. But, uh, um, you know, tournament football is a lot different. And, uh, um, you know, that group, I think, on paper looks the easiest. Yeah. When did you feel like? Did you feel that you were always in contention
1: to go to Japan and Korea, David? When you did, or was it kind of a late thing for you?
2: No, no. I think I think um, in terms of making the squad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think uh, I think um, at a time, the, the, you know, yeah, I think I was one of the one of the, the four. Um, a bit uh, look, Stephen at the minute say has he's, he's actually got a lot of options up top. Right, I've just been looking. I mean, Michael O'Beffermey scored for for Swansea yeah. today, mm. and um, you know we haven't even touched on. Uh, I'm sure we'll get to Ireland, later, but yeah, the point after being, four, Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe at the time for Ireland, there was probably four of us that that was that was scoring goals. It was Robbie, Damien Duff, myself, maybe Clinton, and yeah, you know, no, there, there wasn't. We weren't blessed with loads and loads of uh, attackers. Duffer was a winger but playing through the middle because maybe he was. Uh, not maybe he was world class, and so you play you play your best players. Um, but we we didn't have an abundance. Now I I think they've got you know it, it looks quite healthy to be honest um, for Ireland. So I think in O two the the striking positions were probably uh, there was there was less options yeah. you know than there was in different uh, in other parts of the pitch. Sure.
1: Yeah. And obviously, you'd featured a course against what in Cyprus and Iran, was it? Yeah. Iran. Well,
2: and uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, look, you. Know, when, when we got to the World Cup playoffs, you know, um, Mick actually took Robbie off and I stayed on and And I think that's strong management because in that game I was actually playing well and and um, me and Robbie played up front as a, as a two. So, um, uh, you know, we're talking about management, we're talking about Stephen Kenny, yeah. you know, whatever, you know, so, um, yeah, so, uh, but obviously when it gets to the tournament, you yeah, know, that's, that's, that's different.
1: Oh, thanks so much David Connolly for the moment uh, Dan McDonnell and Shane Keegan on Football Saturday. going to talk about the Republic of Ireland after four and also the League of Ireland and plenty of other issues besides just letting you know the Premier League Liverpool we beat Watford 2-0 earlier but Man City will go top it seems they lead Burnley 2-0 at the moment at half time at Turf Moor Brighton nil, Norwich nil is a half time score Chelsea nil, Brentford nil Leeds 1 Southampton nil and Wolves 2 Aston nil. Man United against Leicester At half five We're back with Off the Ball Saturday Football Saturday After the news Between four and five Don't go away
0: Football On Off the Ball With Sky Watch Premier League Women's Super League Scottish Premiership And much more Live on Sky Sports
1: and you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you through until five. Remember, our football and Off the Ball is brought to you by Sky. Don't miss Man United versus Leicester on Saturday Night Football Live only on Sky Sports. You can text us 53106. 53106- Tweet us at Off the Ball. We're streaming the conversation. Listen on News Talk Watches as well on the digital and social channels for Periscope and Twitter at Off the Ball, YouTube, Facebook, and on the OTB Sports app. Delighted to be joined on the line by the former Republic of Ireland striker David Connolly, football correspondent of the Irish Independent Dan McDonnell and the UEFA Pro Licence coach Shane Keegan to talk about the beautiful game with the lads in a moment. But just let's get the reports from around the grounds in the Premier League. Earlier on, Liverpool 2, Watford 0 is a result with Diogo Giotta and Fabinho scoring. Let's get a halftime report now from Turf Moor Burnley against Manchester City and Adam Jury. Man City lead Burnley by two goals to nil, and it's been oh so simple for the citizens who haven't been put under any real scrutiny from the hosts. It took just five minutes for De Bruyne to break the deadlock, the unmarked Belgian firing home from close range. Twenty minutes later, Gundawan had doubled the lead with a first time volley. They looked to unsite Pope in the Burnley goal. The scoreline flatters Burnley somewhat. They've been pegged back for the virtually the whole
0: 45 minutes, and as it stands, City are on course to reclaim top spot. Half time at Southmore. It's Burnley nil, Man City two.
1: And a half time, Leeds United against Southampton. This is a crucial score. Joshua Smith.
2: Leeds 1 Southampton 0 Leeds with lots of pressure from
1: the minute one and they finally made it pay Lim Cooper had a goal disallowed just moments before as well but this one does stand Rafina just about kept the ball in on the byline put the ball across the goalkeeper pushed it out only as far as Harrison around the penalty spot who somehow bundled the ball slowly into the back of the net agonisingly bounced over the line in the end for the Leeds United supporters but they go in 1-0 up and a report on Brighton and Norwich, this one from the Amex, and Richard Newman half-time Brighton and Hope Albion 0 Norwich City 0 Brighton all over the visitors and they should be ahead but Neil Mopé fired a penalty over the bar after Sam Byrams bizarrely batted away across with an outstretched hand huge opportunity missed Alexis McCallis has also gone close twice from distance Danny Welbeck failed to turn in from close range as well both teams came into this on the back of six straight Premier League defeats but it's bottom side Norwich who need a result more and for a team battling relegation has been next to no attacking threat from Dean Smith's side in that first half at the break it's Brighton nil Norwich nil Honours even at the break at Stamford Bridge Chelsea against Brentford with Samantha Miller
2: Chelsea with plenty of chances to break the deadlock. The ball fell to Rudiger, whose shot went narrowly wide. Moments later, Ziyech's audacious effort was saved. Chelsea stepped their game up in the latter stages of the first half after gifting Brentford some opportunities in front of goal. Halftime here at Stamford Bridge, and it's Chelsea nil, Brentford nil.
1: And it is Wolves to Aston Villa nil at Molineux with a goal from Johnny and an own goal from Ashley Young. In the championship, full-time Blackpool won National Forest 4 earlier on. Halftime score: Barnsley one, Reading nil. It is Bournemouth one, Bristol City one, Cardiff nil, Swansea one. It is Coventry one, Blackburn Rovers nil, Derby nil, Preston nil, Luton one, Millwall one. It is Peterborough nil, Middlesbrough one. With Aaron Connolly playing for Middlesbrough this afternoon. Also in the Championship: QPR nil, Fulham one. Alexander Mitrovic again. 36 goals now in the championship for Mitrovic with Fulham going up to the Premier League. We know that's going to happen. Stoke nil, Sheffield United nil, and Michael Obafemi was on the mark for Swansea in their game. They lead, as I said, by a goal to nil away to Cardiff in the derby there in Wales. In Scotland, in the Premiership, Dundee nil, Aberdeen one. Hibernian one, Dundee United one is the latest. So that's one all at the break. Motherwell three, St Mirren two. Conor McCarthy has scored for St Mirren. Ross County one, Hearts one is the latest score. And Saint Johnstone won Livingston nil. A half-five start in the Premier League for Manchester United against Leicester. Ronaldo was not involved, so he will not be involved. He's got an illness of some description, so Cristiano Ronaldo not involved in the United squad today. Earlier on, Shelburne beat Sligo Rovers by a goal to nil in the Women's National League. A late winner for the champions in rugby. France 40 points Ireland five in the Women's Six Nations. So it's going to be two defeats in a row now for Greg McWilliams' side. Eve Higgins with the Irish try. Benetton 17, Connacht 21, a full-time from the United Rugby Championship. The Bulls lead Ulster 34-16, or they beat them, rather. The Bulls 34, Ulster 16, a result from South Africa's Ulster. Succumbing to defeat there, it's Munster against Leinster at 7 o'clock in the United Rugby Championship. Cavan 2-10, Tipperary 15 points, well into stoppage time now in the Division 4 final of the Allianz National Football League. So Cavan just a point in front. We have Loud and Limerick about 4.45 at Croke Park. So more silverware on offer there later on as well. In racing in the 2000 Guineas trial, Dr. Zempf won that, the 11-10 to favourite for trainer Ger Lyons and jockey Colin Keane. The 1000 Guineas trial, Homeless Songs was the winner, 6-1, to 1, for trainer Dermot Weld and jockey Chris Hayes. And the Ballysack Stakes, the other group three on the card there at Leopards 10, Piz Badil, 4-1 winner for Gavin Ryan in the saddle for trainer Donica O'Brien Dunica with a fledgling career and doing as well as his dad at the moment in winning those big races Win My Wings the 13-2 co-favourite has won the Scottish Grand National at air over four miles uh, ridden by Rob James the amateur for Christian Williams the trainer Kitty's Light was second Major Dundee was third and Phoenix was fourth that's right you up to date now with all the latest uh, sports news and scores from around the block and we'll keep you right up to date as well from the Premier League Manchester City 2-0 up away to Burnley into the second half there so the Republic of Ireland uh, a draw against Belgium this day last week 2 all draw and then the win over Lithuania with the late Troy Parrot goal lads 1-0 win what are the takeaways um, not trays of pints because uh, pints are controversial at the moment at the Viva Stadium but David Connolly what were your takeaways from the week
2: I mean, look, I, I think it's been a really positive week. Certainly, I think it helped having the extra bit of time at the end of the game. Um, but I think it's been an end to a really difficult period, I think, um, for Stephen. Uh, both on the pitch and off it, you know, Um it's difficult to get both right, but if you if you look at his his do
1: you mean that t- co- do you mean by coaches like Anthony Barry leaving and Damien Duff leaving that kind of thing?
2: Yeah, exactly. So all that off the pitch stuff, and then still being able to maintain performances and results on it is really challenging. You know, challenging for the players, challenging for Stephen. Um, you know, all that change around with with Duffer going, with Anthony Barry going. You know. Uh, we've been so much turnaround and upheaval and then to still keep and believing in your principles and playing well and bringing players in and making substitutions and that they're having an impact on the game um and to keep this unbeaten run going you know it's been it's been great so um you know, and no one's getting too excited, but nonetheless, you have to enjoy the victories because they've been so hard to get for, for Stephen. And uh I can understand why they were. That elation at the end, you know, so late in the game. Look, I think they played better than they did against Lithuania. There was certainly nowhere near the same level against Belgium. They, they looked a bit sluggish. I thought the finishing was disappointing and poor at times. Um, but nonetheless, you know, they they came with a victory and um, we've still lots to work on, but, but obviously lots of of things that they that they were pleased about.
1: I'll just go through all the clubs you played for, David. Uh, you, you played for a lot of clubs in England. Wimbledon, Southampton, Leicester, Portsmouth, Sunderland, West Ham, Wolves, Wigan, and then in Holland, Feyenoord and Excelsior, and then Oxford as well in England. Troy Paris is obviously at MK Dons at the moment. Uh, a great finish the other night. What should his career targets be in maybe the short to medium term, Troy?
2: Yeah, it's a good, it's a good question because... I bumped into Troy a few times once at Tottenham's training ground when when I went into Tottenham to see how they worked and how they coached and, and things like that. And uh, he seems, and everyone at Tottenham saying what a great lad he is. And and obviously, maybe he hasn't quite had the breakthrough or maybe it's a little bit slow for him. Um, but, you know, they're giving, it, they're giving it a good go at the top of League One. And yeah, he might be playing... In the championship next season, he will be going alone again, I imagine. Um, he's not going to break through at Tottenham. But nonetheless, I think for him, I think he's a hard worker. I think he's talented. I, I think he's got the right attitude. Obviously, he's got players ahead of him. You know, Aaron Connolly's ahead of him. Michael Obafemi's certainly ahead of him. Robinson, we can go on. There's probably four or five. But I certainly think he's got the ability and I think he's got the character and the desire that he fits what Stephen Kenny wants. So I think even if he's not operating at the same level, I think Stephen would would involve him because I think he embodies a lot of what Stephen's trying to do with this team, you know, and and he stuck up for him during the week, didn't he, in terms of praising his work rate, you know, maybe he's putting a a shift in for MK Dons and we're not seeing the best of him but then he goes and grabs him a goal, you know, and Steven will feel vindicated for that. So I'm pleased for him.
1: He took a while, didn't he? He's, he's, got, a, he's got a shot on him.
2: Oh, yeah, well, look, I mean, shame would tell you this. I mean, that technique, um, you know, ball coming across your body, lacing it like that, you know, it's bending it, sort of veering it away from the goalkeeper, it was a great strike, you know, make no mistake, it was, it was, it was a great strike. And it, he's a very good finisher, but he needs to play regularly. That is the challenge. And it's getting harder and harder at Premier League level. So you know, look, we would want us, our players operating in the Championship or the Premier League, right? That's that's where we'd want them. But the top of League One with a chance to get into the Championship, uh, you know, look, Harry Kane had numerous loans. You know, Harry Kane was at you know Orient, I think, Millwall. Leicester, you know? yeah no yeah lester i mean my my youth team manager kenny jacket took took harry on loan at millwall so you know in these formative years it doesn't mean you have to be you know sort of uh he, he's missed the boat far from it i mean i played champions league when i was 19. i didn't play it again you know so you know troy might be one of those it might take him a couple of years he hasn't he hasn't quite broken through maybe in the premier league or the, you, you know but he might have a long, might have more longevity. He might get there in in the end, but it, nonetheless, I think he's, um, I think he's a, a, a really, really good player. He's got a, a, a really good future ahead of him, and I think attitude-wise, he's exactly what Stephen wants. Just get you
0: get the opinion, you get the opinion, John, that it is going to be all down to attitude and application with Troy Parrott. Um, you know, David is saying there that he he's a great guy, but look, you can't get away from the fact that there have been there have been question marks raised um, around him, and whether he, you know, whether he does have one hundred percent what's required in in terms of application and attitude. There was a really, 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 really good piece in the Athletic during the week. Um, uh, Charlie uh, Eccleshare had it on on how you know. What's next for Parrot? I mean, the first, uh, just looking at it here again, the, the very first line he had in it, he says it, it feels hard to imagine now, but around this time two years ago, Troy Parrot's lack of first-team opportunities was the biggest subplot at Tottenham Hotspur, um, and that's where he was at that point. And that's a, you know, that's a. He's had a pretty steep decline from that point to 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 where he he found himself probably heading into the start of this season, um, John. But thankfully, like last two months or so both at, at at club and and country level he really really seems to be back in an upward trajectory he seems to all the talk is that that something seems to just have have sparked with him um in terms of that attitude even the even the interviews he gave were, were quite insightful he, he pretty much admitted as much himself that you know life had been so easy and had been just such a, a, a straight upward kind of curve for him um that that's hard you know when those first knockbacks come, and and things start to go off the rails for you initially. That that is hard, and for a lot of people, really, really struggle, John, to ever get it back onto the rails. And look, we can't we can't say that he's definitely managed that just on 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 the back of what we saw the other night. But it it was a really, really, really good sign that he's been producing regularly now at club level, and you'd like to think that 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 things are are moving in the right direction again. Now
2: on that on that as well, lads. I would say I was at the burn. I was at Tottenham Stadium when Jose Mourinho brought him on for the last. Couple of minutes, there were five nil up. It was almost though like unless there were five nil up, none of the youngsters were going to come on. Mm-hmm. And a big part of Tottenham at that time was John McDermott, and I know John from my time at Watford. And and John had been at Tottenham twenty years, brought through an awful lot of uh, you know the youth, etc. It took Jose to come in, I think, for John to leave that football club. And I just think by circumstances, I think Troy was a little bit unlucky. In the season where I think he could have got more game time coming through at Tottenham, I think maybe the wrong man was in charge for him, maybe maybe
1: what are your big takeaways in the week now, Dan? you had a few days to think about it
3: yeah, I mean it's 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 sort of um in David's initial comments, I think for Stephen Kenny certainly it's it's probably i think certainly the build up to the Belgian game was was almost I think I mentioned it last week in the show before the game. In some respects, it was almost a bit of a free hit. It wasn't that like it was pressure-free in the sense if they'd been turned over, everyone would have been, oh, that's fine. But it sort of is like a, a landmark uh, window in the sense that it was a year ago that Ireland lost to Luxembourg. You know, there were calls for his head around that stage um, as much as I, I never felt it was he was really under threat at that point. But obviously, if he'd improved, sorry, if things hadn't improved, would have been a completely different discussion. He, he probably wouldn't have been retained at the end of the year. So the fact that he's gone to that to the point where really, there wasn't really mad chat about the manager's future in the last week. And that in itself is almost progress. Like he has the contract um, and it's like you sort of overcome um, that sort of uh, the hump. But now it's in his hands to see where he takes it. But I think maybe any of the, uh, some of the elements that maybe might have, uh, there was some stuff, I think, mischievous attempts, I think, to maybe destabilise things at times, whatever was going on there. Um, he sort of won that battle, really. And now it's a case of just getting on with the job and, it, and it's over to him, see what he makes of it. And, you know, the judgment will be cast, I think, in a very fair way. I mean, like, you know, and, on what he does from here, you know, I think it's 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 up to him and he's getting a chance. And I think, I think David makes a good point before four, um about the squad depth and the options. And I think this is something I would have found. And, and again, like a big factor of this probably in the early, early groups and, and, and gatherings would have been certainly COVID and the, the sort of, you could have like, anything like double figure changes in the squad from one week to the next. And from my perspective, you know, before every game, you're always asked to have a stab at like a probable team and something. It was very hard. Like, and that was because there was just so much going on in terms of ins and outs and, and and sort of um you know i think he was finding his way and and certainly mistakes were made and and players have been cut adrift along the way but i think now there's there's a real sort of okay when when ireland report for duty in june there's a sense of okay i know you know what way this team is probably going to play you know what players will definitely play there are a couple of, of positions where it's still up for debate particularly probably those forward areas and you know, the two number tens, or the, you know two wide attackers, or a one and a two, depending maybe on the game. And there's, there's always going to be that element of rotation between maybe some of the options that are there. But I think from the place of probably not having a clue, maybe of his best team really, um, or having a change. Like when he came in, when you think about it, James McCarthy was going to be a big player for him, and some things that were said then seem very out of date now. And um, but there's now a degree of depth and competition in such a way that you could have a couple of injuries and it's not necessarily going to lead to a massive sort of crisis where you felt maybe before um there was always one or two being out that would have uh, would have led to that and i think the emergence of um of Benet, the, the the development of paris um i think some people would criticize Kenny for throwing in the likes of paris and and maybe adamida um, and others before they were ready but I think the merit of that is is clear to see now um in the sense that they're they're probably established figures around the squad known by the other players and you can trust them I think now uh, even though you had some growing pains as part of that evolution so I think the squad's in in a reasonably good place at this stage yeah
1: uh, at 40 points to 5, Ireland have lost to France in the Women's Six Nations. Troy Paris is playing today for MK Dons. They're 2-0 up against Shrewsbury in League One. So definitely uh, right in there with a chance of promotion. Ogbené, um, David Connolly, I think his manager was talking about him perhaps being under threat of leave. He doesn't want him to leave, obviously, the Millers. But uh, can you see him being a championship player or a, or a player even who could even reach the Premier League at some stage?
2: Yeah, I mean I I thought he did um I thought he's done done obviously really well for for, for Steven of late. He he probably has been a disappointment for Rotherham in terms of his output in front of goal. I mean, I'm going to maybe see him tomorrow cuz I'm at Wembley. So they're in the um the Papa John's Trophy final playing playing Sutton. And I think you know, Jadonzi needs to probably ensure that he's playing week in week out. Looking at Let the lads going back to their football today, you know, it's good to see Troy, you know, you go from playing, being away with your country, you know, to them playing. I think Jeff Hendricks on the bench, you know, for QPR um, against Fulham today. You want the lads going back in and starting, you know, so you feel like, you, you know, you're justifying your position playing, you know. So for Troy, I think it's important back playing. I don't know whether he'll start tomorrow i'm not i'm not so sure we'll, we'll have to wait and see till we get the team but i mean i thought he was um um excellent um uh, in the last couple of games and he he's a real talent i mean his ball in for, for Alan Graham was brilliant you know perfectly weighted um and you know obviously we know about the goal et etc but just his overall involvements have been have been really really good he's been a real bright spark and um i just think he, he needs to he needs to ensure he's he's a regular at Rotherham, which he, he's, he's been in and out of the team of Rotherham of late.
3: Who was impressed? Think, Go on, sorry, Dan. I, I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, I think the, it's interesting like the Rotherham manager didn't seem madly impressed that he'd played the two games um, in, the, in the break, that you know, he played 90 minutes and 82 minutes. I mean, I think about Albani. I mean, he's playing right wing back for Rotherham, and um, he is one, I think, where Kenny's... Depth of knowledge, um, maybe of of players below the radar, has definitely helped him because he would remember Ogbeni as a as a striker with, with Cork City and Limerick. He tried to sign him when he was in the League of Ireland. Here, he would have known, obviously, that you know he had a long term idea of maybe where he would see him fitting into his side. And I think the good thing about Ogbeni and where it, it's encouraging for me, it's that you know Kenny has now a way of playing. And he's decided Ogbeni's attributes suit that way of playing and not being too influenced by necessarily what's happening with his club. He's sort of identified, you can do something for me in a completely different position to what you're doing at club level. And it's worked. And I think that's one where I think Kenny can certainly take a lot of credit for that one. Uh,
1: In the Premier League, it's Brighton nil, Norwich nil, Burnley nil, Man City two. Although Ake's just cleared the ball off the line, but City two nil up. Uh, Chelsea won Brentford three. I'm just checking here at uh, Stanford. Ericsson B. scored as well. Yeah, and uh, Vitaliyana with the other two goals for the the Bees. Um, they're going to cement their survival, I would say, in the Premier League. Uh, Rudiger for Chelsea. Uh, Leeds once at Hampton, once at Hampton, have equalised uh, Will Smallbone and Shane Long on the bench today. Uh, James Ward-Prowse with the equaliser for the Saints at Elland Road. Uh, Wolves to aston Villa nil. That is still the same score as it was at half time. Manchester United and Leicester kick off at half-five. Um, One of the things that kind of is preying on my mind, Shane Keegan, is how do we beat weaker teams? Because we know that they're going to shut up shop in, say, the Euros. How do we break down weaker teams?
0: Yeah, look, John, that just has to be a huge amount of of, of work on the training ground. It really, really does. Um, Look, as the lads were saying, the positive is the amount of options that we now have in the final third. So, like, if you look across the course of those two games... Um, the impact that we got from substitutes was was fantastic, really. Um, Alan Brown comes on in the in the first one and goes and gets a goal. Um, Jason Knight comes on in the second one and really thought was a key part in in swinging it very much back in our favour over that there, that final period of the game. And Troy obviously comes on and and scores. Um, so that that's a positive. While we may not have any standout standout players uh, in the final third, we've got a lot of players of a similar standard and. You know, Stephen will go with whichever three he goes with, but he will assess that for forty-five minutes, maybe sixty minutes, and decide. Okay, well, which ones are not performing here, and and the guys who are coming in for those players are of equal, if not a if not a higher standard. When he rolls the dice and and makes those changes, and that's a very very good thing, I think. Um, that we're able to pose different questions as as the game is going along, because Stephen is you know quite tactically astute, and you know he'll pick the right man for 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 the right situation. Um. Look, we don't have, you know, we don't have massive, massive creativity. I do think, personally myself, I, I do think Callum Robinson, um, football IQ wise, is is a good stretch ahead of, of anything else that we have. Um, I know, look, he didn't quite set the world of light over these two games to the same level that he had done in, in some previous games for us. But he was still the one capable of doing something different Um, John, like if you look at the build-up for for Agbened's goal the way he he overloads heads across from his left-hand side position to go and overload the right-hand side um, initially and then like I think it was 14 seconds later. He's back over on the left-hand side, s- swinging in the cross that that Agbene eventually finishes brilliantly. He's he's the one for me, but there's maybe a little bit of an overlines on him. Agbené is a brilliant player, but obviously he's not. You know, he's he's not the kind of player who's going to cut you open with an incisive pass. Um, Ida fully fit probably still comes into that front tree as well. He's he's got fantastic attributes, but again, he's not the one that's going to going to cut you open really. Um, and we need probably. We need a bit more from 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 the wing backs. We need we need wing backs who are able to beat a man when they get him one v one and get to that get to that end line and and pull stuff back from there. Um, I I I still think there's a place there for 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 Jack Daugherty. Like we're we're ju- I know he's playing at a what would be perceived Whoop. as a lower level, but. Sorry, Jack Byrne, I think. Jack Byrne. Did I say Jack? Hardy? Jack Byrne. Um, who I think he's just, he's got that in him. He's got that in him. He's got something that little bit different all the time for me. He's always looking for it. He's always looking for it. Um, and the only question mark I'd really have on the back of the last couple of days, because Dan is, is 100% right, the, the, the squad depth we've got now is really good in every area bar the centre of midfield. That was the one position where we're after coming away and saying, all right, lads, let's touch, you know, let's cross the fingers here and, and really, really hope nothing happens to Cullen or, or Hendrick because for so long you could have thrown a blanket over kind of six, seven, eight midfielders that we had and, and I don't think there was a the whole lot to choose between them. Those two have so, so risen to the top now, John, that that they're they're well, well ahead of any other options we've got in those positions.
1: Cavan beat Tipperary two ten to 15 points in the Division 4 final of the Allianz Football League. Uh, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, and as I said, Christian Williams uh, sadly in the winner of the Scottish Grand National uh, and he had uh, Win My Wings win that, the 13-2 to co-favourite. Uh, Wolves 2, Aston Villa 0, Leeds 1, Southampton 1, Chelsea 1, Brentford 3, Burnley 0, Manchester City 2, Brighton 0, Norwich 0, Liverpool 2, Watford 0, a result from earlier on. Roy Keane was not too happy in his ITV punditry about Stephen Kenny and his backroom team celebrations maybe felt they got carried away. Um, did you ever feel you got carried away when you played from David?
2: no no he certainly didn't get didn't get carried away um in fact I remember that when we won the league he was in the dressing room and I mean he'd he'd barely look at you you know but but I think for Roy his eyes were just on the next the next task the next mountain to climb you know and um I, I don't think the lads would take too much heed of of what Roy says and and um you know, to to be honest, but I, I think there's nothing wrong with enjoying those hard fought victories because. You know, certainly I think Stephen and his squad have had to work really hard for this and really stick together, you know, and um. I, I think Roy's just just you know doing his job there in 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 the media, being as honest, and that's his honest opinion. That's all you can ask for, right? And. Uh, but I don't, I don't think the lads will get too, they're not getting too carried away, but it was a, it was a late victory and it, and it was deserved. Um, just, just touching on something that, yeah. the, that Shane and Dan said about um, uh, Ogbené and the wingbacks, et cetera. If you look at Ryan Manning, I mean, Ryan, if you look at where he started his position mm. um, before he came over and, and where he's playing now, but also you look at, I've seen him live, right? And I've seen Ryan play central centre-back in a back three. And I thought it was really interesting. And the reason was he was the best player on the ball. And and if you're a ball possession team, you know, so my point being that Stephen getting the best, you know, he he might know eventually. I don't know where Ryan will play, whether he'll play left wing back or play centre back or and this evolution, but I, I think it's an important point about the different players and the positions that they can play. And Ryan's certainly one of those. I think Ryan's a really, really good player and where we get the most out of him. But I have seen Swansea, for example, Russell Martin play him as a central centre-back. And you just never know. And I think for someone who wants to progress the ball up the pitch for Stephen, that would be another interesting uh, interesting thing to look at. And also, we haven't touched on the goalies. I mean, Mark Travers in goal today, Bournemouth are winning again. You know, we're kind of blessed. Gavin is, is doing brilliantly at Portsmouth where he goes next. And obviously, Keller has won a cup. He's won a cup. Played in goal in the cup final, you know he did really well. So I think um, you know at the back, certainly in goal, I think we're we're, we're lucky and and it's nice. I, I know what we we're saying about the, the creative part, um, you know, but 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 it's nice we've got some 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 talent in other you know like in goal, which um, is really pleasing.
3: I think it's interesting on that, and maybe I'd, I'd nearly throw it to the lads as the more you know the 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 ex footballer and the the coach that I wonder if this is sort of the lesson that might be learned because that was in the interest from Ryan Manning the other night was uh, that you know he was switched back into that left center back role for the last 30 minutes because it was clear that the game was all going to be ahead of him like Ireland were going to have the ball all the time and given Kenny's struggles like the games that have bothered Ireland have been home to Luxembourg home to Azerbaijan maybe slightly weaker teams um, you, you, I kind of wonder, like in the in the regular qualifying next year at home, does he have to look at sort of the setup for some of these games? I mean, you could argue the other night, did they need the three centre halves, you know, that the, the real sort of more. And I mean, Darrow Shea is very good on the ball and Nathan Collins is a competent on the ball and they got forward. But I kind of wonder, will some of the lessons be in future if you're at home and against a weaker team that you try something with Manning and you realise that? You're going to, that, that's what you need. You know, like, I don't know. Is there limitations with that system at times? Is it too defensive at times unless you have really good movement from your back three? Like, I don't know, lads, but it seemed like I moving think, Manning yeah. back in, where it was the pragmatic thing to do.
0: Yeah, I, I think I think he'll play around I think he'll play around with the personnel Dan more than he'll play around with the shape. Because mm. look, one hundred percent, if we're playing in a game where the onus is on us to carry it to the opposition, you quite simply can't end up with a situation where you've got three centre backs and one centre forward, and the three centre backs are contributing very, very little to the to your to your game once the ball goes over the halfway line. What needs to happen in a situation like that, obviously we're playing with two sixes in front of that. When the ball goes over the halfway line, one of those sixes has to step forward from his position and go at least in line with the ball, possibly be even beyond the ball. And as that happens, one of your outside centre halves has to be able to step into the space that he's that he is vacated and essentially go in there and be willing to play almost as a as a, as a centre midfielder and play that role. Um, and that's where Ryan Manning's skill set is is perfectly suited. I mean, as David has touched on there, lads, like. Not in a million years could I, would I have predicted this transformation in Ryan Manning? Like I, I I've managed against Ryan on numerous occasions when he was coming through as a as a sixteen, seventeen-year-old, and he was an absolutely fantastic talent. But he was an out-and-out out number ten. And he was a number ten, who you had question marks over whether he'd give you any kind of defensive shift. Like to to go from that as being the kind of description you would have given him at seventeen to we're now talking about him starting in international football on the left hand side of of of, of three centre halves um, is 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 incredible, really. Like Chidozie's. Um, Pat is, is a lot. I mean, again, he's another guy that I would have come up against a good few times managing. And to be fair, I have to admit, the only way I ever found of dealing with him was you'd start a right back at right back and you'd start a right back at right mid as well to try and double up on him because he was playing left wing um, at that stage. So he was, but on on the original one, yeah, I, I, I can't see him changing shape, Dan. I think it'll be working really, really hard with the outside centre halves on being comfortable to move into those advanced areas with... With the ball or without the ball, I think that I think the with the ball they're kind of good at already. I think they carry the ball forward well. I think it's the the idea of let's say we've got it as far as as Matt Doherty. He's on the ball. He's high on the right at the moment. We're a little bit too structured looking. The two eights are still behind. Sorry, the two sixes are still both behind the ball. The three centre backs are all at the back. So there's not enough happening in front of Matt Doherty and the ball. Let's say in a situation like that. I think again, as I say, one of those sixes has to go and, and contribute more in the way that I hate to bring it up the name again, but in the way that Declan Rice does for West Ham. I mean, Declan Rice is technically a six; he will absolutely go and join the attack when when they've got into the final third, and we need to try and bring that, um, I suppose, that to our armory when we're playing against teams where the onus is on us to attack. Manchester on, on City, one, on on, yeah.
2: I was just going to say on that because that's all great points, right? Now, Matt Doherty, he will know from Tottenham. Uh, Conte has done for Tottenham what Stephen should be looking at doing for Ireland, or, or kind of he has. Those three centre backs for Tottenham now are in the top 10 for how far they carry that ball. The two outside centre backs, you know, whether it's Dyer, Romero, Davies, they carry that ball forward. They're in the top 10. Now, Laporte and Diaz, or whatever, you know, they're the top two and etc But to still have that change around in terms of how they play with the three, because it's no point having the three if if they're not gonna join in. And Ryan Manning can easily be one of those three, if not the central three. The 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 other worry is, if you look at some of the goals we've conceded, right, I even went back and looked at Sancho's against us, is against us. When you have those inverted wingers that play on the opposite side and they cut in, like, has Sheamus lost the yard? I don't know. But did Sheamus show Batshuayi the line enough to force him out wide while he's waiting for Mac to get back. And and it's those little things in a three that you could be left exposed. I'm not saying Seamus has lost the yard or two, but I'd have liked him to show Mitchell the line more so that he wasn't going to come in field and be a goal threat. So the three has got its it, it's got its limitations defensively as well. And I just you've got to make sure it's not only just with the ball, but without it that we got enough pace that we can show players where we want because a lot of teams will have wingers that come in field and get their shots off. And that's something that I think, you know, in Stephen's tenure, we've conceded some goals like that. There's been a couple that I could pick out that have happened in a similar way.
1: Interesting tactical insight from the former Republic of Ireland striker, David Connolly there. Uh, it is Brighton, nil, Norwich, nil. Burnley, nil. Manchester City, two. 11 minutes to go. City looks safe. The Bruner and Juan with the goals. I... Uh, Went up in my voice in my octave when I said that Brentford had scored uh, three goals and they have against Chelsea. 3 1, they lead and Ericsson has scored a 1 all against uh, Southampton. It's a draw now with Leeds. Leeds did take the lead and now it's 1 1 against Southampton. Wolves 2, Aston Villa 0, and Man United Leicester kicks off at half past five. Uh, just go through the teams there. We have the Manchester United and Leicester. Remember that Ronaldo's not involved if you're just joining us. Uh, he's, he's out, he's got an illness. So United is to Hay in goal. Um, It is uh, Dallow, uh, Maguire, Varane and Shaw across the back. Uh, Pogba and McTominay and Fred. So Fred McTominay in the holders. Pogba, Sancho and Alanga behind Bruno Fernandes or whatever way they're going to play it there. And then for Leicester, Kasper Schmeichel. Uh, James Justin Fofana is back uh, for Leicester. He's been out for most of the season. Johnny Evans and Castagna for Leicester. Then we have uh, Tielemans and Papi Mendy. Barnes, Madison, uh, uh, Dewsbury Hall and then Ian Acho up front for Leicester. So a half-five kick-off in the Premier League, Man United and Leicester. Uh, Jason Knight is playing for Derby today as is Ebo Celle, David Connolly. Jason Knight, is he somebody that you think can progress uh, to, not a bigger club, but an, I know they've all made it being there in England at the moment, but Derby are a mess at the moment. Do you think he could be on a move to a, a club that might have uh, better ambitions and more stability?
2: Yeah, I mean, certainly I think, I think Jason is... Um is very talented a bit like evisela but the i mean i know evisela it looks like he's going to udinese he is yeah um how that works out and we've spoken about that before but i guess um they've lost a lot of players you know in derby and those are the ones that you know maybe coming to the end of their contract uh, taking the money etc um but but no matter what happens with derby i, I think they're going to be going to be down Would he play more regularly? Would he be playing week in, week out in League One? I would say yes. Um, Would Wayne Rooney be his manager? I don't know, but I don't think there's anything wrong with, at Jason's age, still going to play regular football, no matter what division it's in. But I I think he's a a real talent. He's one of those that I think Stephen's shown, it doesn't matter what division you're playing in, if you're playing regularly and you've got the right attitude, I think you'll play. Or you'll certainly be in the squad, you'll be involved.
1: Dan, just before we finish the Ireland chat, the under 21's a great result during the week against Sweden, a 2 0 win, and they have a chance now to qualify.
3: You know, they really do. Um, actually I would have been at the I think the previous game, I would have been talking to Shane against Sweden, the game in Tala, and like they they really deserved to win that night. It was a little bit more backs against the wall during the week, but the bottom line result is the same, and you know, beating Sweden home and away. Yeah, they play a double header in June, John, against Bosnia and Montenegro. And if they win both of those games, it's still hard for Irish teams. like they're still not a team that has a huge amount of gold in them. Um, although hopefully they'll be closer to full strength in, in June than they were this time. And again, the issue is a lot of their players are, are with the seniors. They're not the eligible players. But if they can win those two games in June and Sweden don't beat Italy at home um, around the same time, they're they're guaranteed to finish in the top two and and the top one isn't out of the question although quite unlikely Italy look quite strong and in, in, in their position um but yeah the opportunity for a 21s team to get to a playoff it's a it's a good one and it's sort of it's there for them now in the sense that they'll um it's sort of in their hands really and um that's a good place to be in but obviously i mean they're they're missing a lot of players jim crawford and their, their you know, progression to the senior team is great, but they're probably hoping that, that that Kenny leaves one or two of them alone when it comes to the summertime.
1: Um, Just to let you know uh, as well, just in terms of the recap of the League of Ireland, we're speaking to David Connolly here, Dan McDonnell and Shane Keegan on Football Saturday. Uh, so Shelburne won uh, away to Sligo Rovers and we heard a passionate Damien Duff speak to the club's TV channel after the game. Let's hear it now.
4: Again, I hate name checking, but I am doing that. Uh, then listen, I have to mention, Cameron Ledwich, uh, for me he was top class tonight. He's playing in a position that he's learning day by day. And uh, you know, I pick up an article from two weeks ago, some ex-player referencing him, name-checking him. He's a 20-year-old comeback from England, trying to rebuild his life, his career, and to name-checking him, I just thought it was lower than low. So I won't name-check the ex-Shelburne player um, that was having a pop-off Cam, one of our players that we care deeply about. But I'll name-check Cam, that he was brilliant, and yes, he's a work in progress in that position, but he was absolutely world-class tonight, and for me, he's an eye-catching individual. I know a lot of players in the league have eyes and I want to get to England. Well, Cameron Ledridge is one that can go back to England, but he doesn't need to be reported on when he's 20, so young, and like I said, trying to rebuild his life. So I thought he was poor, he knows who he is.
1: Yeah, Damien Duff, you got to love Damien Duff's uh, media appearances are always a box office. Um, Hugh has been in touch on uh, Twitter, uh, Dan. Um, just interested to hear the thoughts on this uh, defence of Cameron Ledwich uh, last night. It seemed a bit over the top. Does he need to lighten up a bit or is it justified?
3: Um, well, uh, the comments were from Carl Shepard, who's already acknowledged, uh, I think, on social media, ex-Shelburn player, probably better known for playing for Cork City and Shamrock Rovers, Um I mean, I must say, like, you know, Carl's comments on on Cameron Leverage weren't they weren't over the top, you know, they sort of criticized his performance in a particular game, but it wasn't especially personalized other than the fact he he named them in a in a bad performance and, and speaking about shells at the back. But I think even Carl Shepard acknowledges that that probably Damien Duff is just trying to build a little bit of a them against us thing going on. And I think that's what Duff is doing you just it's, it's you know it's, it's just he's, he's hes coming off the back of a big win that he needed after being turned over 3-0 at home by Finn Harps which was bad and he's hes using it to, to have a go I know the last time we were on with David he was talking talking about uh, Damien Duff the manager I, I'm sure for you David is it odd to hear for you to hear Duffer in that mode as a manager you know really sort of uh, engaged by it it's it is, uh, its sort of captivating in its own way though
2: yeah I mean yeah um... I can tell. I can tell, though, that that you know, I mean, like Damien's learning. He's learning, isn't he? And and um, this will be some experience for him. This will be some experience. But I think Damien's honesty at times, you know, will bring you headlines, won't it? Um, he, he 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 sometimes I think a little bit too honest in, in in when he talks to the press and 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 addresses the media. And he likes he likes to you know be straight down down the line. And, and and i think he'll he'll evolve i think he'll evolve and he'll be better for this experience he, It was a massive win for him as you say getting getting beat 3-0 at home but but i just wonder whether damien in a few years might look back and just he might just think you know i was i was a little bit i just needed to take a take a moment and, and i think damien's honesty um will attract headlines and and he might feel the, the world's against him at times and, and he's trying to stick with his players but i think I think you can tell he's so desperate to do well, but but you look at some of the some of the elite managers at times they 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 counsel and they talk and before they come out and, and I, I just think he's he's you can tell he's right in the depths of he's real deep in in I wouldn't say in the mire but he's so desperate to do well but I think at times. The media know that he'll give him a good line or two, which uh, I think he'll he'll wise up in, uh, or someone should be advising him just to 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 be wise to that as well.
1: Uh City have won two nil away to Burnley, their top of the Premier League. Just briefly, Shane Keegan, Derry top of the League of Ireland Premier Division. Are they going to go away? Are Rovers going to eventually overtake them, or Derry right in the title race? Do you think?
0: Yeah, well, it was only last week, John, that I said I, I still think Rovers will win the league and and win it reasonably comfortable. If they, if Derry win Monday night, they're six points clear. So I'm I'm uh, I'm under pressure with that prediction already. So I am. Um, I, I watched the full game last night. Actually, I watched it online. Um, and it was it was the ultimate game of of, of two halves. both uh, were very good. I think a lot of people have probably seen the goal they scored online. Now it was a, a fantastic team goal and. Uh, it was one of those ones that, you know, t- a real good kind of advertisement for the league in that, you know, it shows the kind of football that has been played in the league at the moment. But Derry got a little bit lucky, John, and it's it's strange to say lucky in this sense. Uh, Will Patching, who's been probably their, their best player so far this season... Um, Will got Will got an injury Just towards the end Of the first half uh, Patrick McElhenney Watson starting For yeah. whatever reason I would assume It's it's injury related Came on at half time And absolutely Pretty much single handedly Turned the whole game okay. He was outstanding And they've just got That kind of strength In depth now
1: Shane Dan and David Thanks so much For this afternoon Love the chat Cheers, cheers lads
3: thanks, cheers, yeah. David, cheers David Cheers lads Thank you
1: there's David Connolly, Dan McDonnell and Shane Keegan there on Football Saturday. Hope you've enjoyed the show today. Premier League scores. Liverpool 2, Watford 0 a full-time. Brighton 0, Norwich 0 latest. Burnley 0, Man City 2 a full-time. Brentford are going to beat Chelsea. They're 4-1 up and that has just finished. And Christian Eriksen has scored. Leeds 1, Southampton 1 a full-time. Wolves 2, Aston Villa 1 is the latest score. And Man United and Leicester kick off at half-five in the Championship. Blackpool 1, Nottingham Forest 4 a result. Barnsley 1, Reading 1 a latest. Bournemouth 3, Bristol City 2 is is a, just gone full time. Cardiff nil. Swansea four is finished. Coventry won. Blackburn Rovers two is the latest score from the Championship. Derby won. Preston nil. Luton two. two Millwall two. That's two all there. And results: Peterborough nil. Middlesbrough four. QPR nil. Fulham two. And Stoke one. Sheffield United. Nil is the latest score. We've got to leave it there. We're back 1 to 7 tomorrow. Joe Malloy in the chair and off the ball. Two live and exclusive Premier League commentary games. Stephen Doyle and Brian Kerr describing West Ham Everton. And then Nathan Murphy and Graham Gartland doing the call on Spurs against Newcastle. We've also got James O'Donoghue and Ashley O'Reilly reporting on the Alliance Football League Division 1 and 2 finals. Kieran Cunningham and Tommy Martin on the paper review from half 11 across our digital and social channels. Be sure to join us tomorrow. Thanks so much for listening this afternoon. Check out our podcast network for David, Dan, and Johnny Ward and also on Shane Keegan on all the football coverage we do thanks so much for listening this afternoon we'll speak soon bye bye
0: football on off the ball with Sky watch Premier League Women's Super League Scottish Premiership and much more live on Sky Sports